Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. I think we've all experienced at some point in our life either a bad breakup, receiving some difficult news, someone that said they love you hurt you. And because of that, when we think of love the city, maybe the heart that's on the t-shirts or the heart that's on the truck or the heart that somebody sees on the heart bag, it actually could trigger some level of disappointment, confusion, frustration. And sometimes that can want us to go retreat, be lonely, be alone, and just say, oh, love isn't possible. Friends, I hope to share with you today and us a love that is proven, a love that is secure, a love that doesn't just go here, but it resides here and can never be taken, shaken, broken, period. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is out of Romans chapter 5. And as we're going there, we're going to read it, right? And we can say Romans 5, 7, and 8, and that's an address. Like an address to our house where the pizza gets dropped off. And we say when we go to church services, it's an address. Let's open up our Bible. Let's turn to. But these addresses weren't there in the original scriptures. They were read complete as whole letters or epistles in different types of writing styles, whether that was poetic, historical, narrative, and many different types. And my point before we read this passage is this. These aren't words on the paper, we believe. This is God's word that is alive, that is active, that is sharper than any double-edged sword, that has the power to transform lives if we believe what we believe it to be, which is the very words of God, penned through people by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 7, and 8, for rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. I love how that starts, because maybe if the person is worthy enough our love would act in such a way that we would die for them. But it'd be really hard-pressed to think that someone would die for someone bad. And why the gospel is so foreign to our day-to-day lives, and when I say gospel, I mean good news. And why it is so challenging, because it is a good news, it is a love story for enemies. So the question would be, well, well, then who is an enemy? Who is bad? Verse 8, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, maybe call me old-fashioned, but I haven't graduated the good old gospel. I haven't graduated the good news of Jesus. 
There isn't enough theology that I can read in the study of God and enough Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek and commentaries and Bible studies that could just cause me to add on or take away from the good old-fashioned, timeless, tested, forever, triumphly true that Jesus is God's display of love for me and you. But if you go to the doctor or you were to check it yourself in somewhere, if you didn't know the state you were in, how could you be treated? So we're going to go through a little bit of sequential steps that is uh, from this passage. So we're going to take these ingredients out, and the first one would be this. We are sinners. Now, this could feel morbid, especially if your church experience or background is that, okay, you know, it was heavy-handed or you had a really tough boss, father, coach, military, whatever the background might be, if it's, if it's just somebody saying you're never good enough, well, you feel this level of shame. But the other side of the spectrum could be that if you are checked in and you're getting an x-ray and no one tells you the state you're in, how are you ever supposed to know? And we're in a day and age where it's like this. If you feel it, do it. Come on, if it feels good, do it. The good news is only good because it shows the state of every single person that has ever walked the face of this earth, is that every single person, the great equalizer, the great boat that we're all in, doesn't matter what color of the skin, how much money we have or don't have, our background, it doesn't matter. All of us come to the cross the same way. No one can boast. Why? Because we are all sinners. You know, if you get a cut and the kids will walk in, and I remember my grandma doing this to me, but the kids, you know, walk in and, give me a Band-Aid, give me a Band-Aid. I don't know how many Band-Aids you guys go through, but if there was an invention I was trying to create, it would be less trash from a Band-Aid because you have the Band-Aid, you have the two pieces that come off it and the wrapper, and any parent in the room knows if the kids get a Band-Aid, the only thing that's left is those two pieces of trash, and then this, and you're like, that goes in the trash. But when I remember when I had a cut, my grandma would pour hydrogen peroxide into it. Why? And it would sting, and you'd let it sting so that it wouldn't get worse. I let this hang and sting for a moment because I don't know if we understand the, the nature to set the stage of God's love that we weren't just bad. We are unable to make ourselves right with God. That's sobering. So therefore, what do we need? We need a savior. We need to be rescued. We need some different type of treatment. A Band-Aid won't just work. We need a savior. And each person to come to that reality to say, I, I need help. I need to be saved. You know, in worship, many times we'll raise our hands. What, how more powerful to just say, God, we lift up our hands as an act of praise to you. But it's really a, a surrender. It's an acknowledgement that, God, I can't. Or if we fall down on our knees or just, just some posture to say, God, I, I need to be saved. City Life, we've been doing Love the City Week a while and preaching the gospel every single week for a while. But I pray we remember the same grace that saved us is the same grace that's saving us. We need a savior. So then the natural question comes to is, okay, who can save us? 
Is it Jerome? No. Is it you? No. And going back to the beginning, if our love has been broken, if the love has been tainted, if the displays of people that even came in the name of Jesus has created a wound in our life, at some level we're like, God, prove it. And what is so fascinating about God? He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all in authority over every speck of this world. We have no good right to be able to even approach God with question or critique. But what is so amazing about God, because he's slow to anger, he's patient. He lets us even complain in his presence. The book of Psalms, the songs that are written, two-thirds, you know, you have a, a lament cry out or questioning. God, what, why? So in one way, it's okay to say, prove it. That's why I think we have these testimonies where somebody said, well, they were alone in a very tough situation, and then they crowd to God and say, prove it, God. And he doesn't have to show up, but yet he does. And what Romans 5.8 teaches us is this. God proves his own love. If we could just not see the rest of it. Okay. If it was a cliffhanger, you know, and we'll be back next week for part two. God proves his own love. It's like, okay. There's a God. A God full of love. A God that is willing to prove his love. Well, how so? For us, in that while we were still sinners in the condition, unable to get back to God, Christ died for us. We're going to watch a video that I uh, pray would give some level of uh, maybe understanding of what Jesus went through what God did to prove his love for me and you.
by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray in this moment that the cross and the full power of the cross would be able to bring someone to be born again and yet healing because he lives. God proved his love for me and you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we could talk about the angle of how the Romans had perfected the torture of death by means of crucifixion. We could talk about the money and being betrayed. We could talk about the friends of Jesus denying him. But what you really have to set the stage is all of the sin of mankind of yesterday in that moment and forever, all of the evil and the injustice that is on this planet was placed on Jesus, the punishment for all of sin. Every tear, every worry, every fear was placed on Jesus. And he did it willingly because of his assignment, being fully God, fully man, that was sent for heaven to save us. It's the best news we'll ever hear. And if it's fake, here's what scripture teaches us. If it's not true, of all people on the planet, we're to be the most pitied. Like, oh, look at them. They're gathering on a Sunday. They really believe Jesus lives. Oh. But if it's true, it's the most powerful message this planet has ever seen. That a king would ride on a donkey to his own death for the death sinners deserve, not him, me and you. Love is Jesus, friends. God is trustworthy of love. And to fathom today by the power of the Holy Spirit to know this statement that we are loved beyond comprehension. We can try to understand it, but at some point, God wants to overwhelm us with his presence of love, his compassion for me and you. It's not in a project that we did this week. It's not in a bag. It's in a person. His name's Jesus. Jesus that is here right now, closer than the air we breathe. If you're here today and you're like, I, I just don't know if I know Jesus. I don't know if my heart was to quit beating today, if I'd spend forever with God and watching and listening to this, you say, oh, well, I find myself leaning in at that moment where I, I, I need a savior. I want to be rescued. We can be saved by God's love in Jesus. It's good to know that there is an option for redemption. That's what the good news provides to the ultimate enemy that me and you face, which the ultimate enemy is not in any situation, though the situations are not to be minimized, the ultimate enemy that you and I face, friends, it's the grave. That's why when we lose somebody we love, it's so hard because it's not how it's meant to be. And then that the battle that's been going on before and after us, this battle between good and evil, that ultimately God has won through his son, Jesus. The early church would uh, proclaim a phrase this, was Christus Victor. 
And what that means was Christ was victorious. Christ is victorious. So even when we go party after the second service, you know why? It's a form of practicing that even though today our situations don't always feel party, they don't always feel amazing, but we understand that Christ is victor, Christ is victorious. We want to have some understanding that he is seated at the right hand of God and that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those whom the Son set free is free indeed. That we have a praise that can't be taken. We have a love that can't be shaken. If we've been bought by the blood of Christ, nothing, nothing, no enemy, nothing can take that away. So the final sentence would be, come home to Jesus. Come home to him. His address is everywhere. His clock is always His security can't be destroyed, cannot be broken, cannot be hacked. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Speak Jesus in this place. Jesus over you. Jesus over your families. Jesus over your life. Jesus over your worries. Jesus over our sin. I don't know where you're at today with Jesus. It's not my job to do the convicting. I can just tell you this, that the enemy loves to condemn. He loves, to feel, loves us to feel that there is just no hope, there's no situation, there's no way that we could love or trust again. But God, when he wants to bring change, whether that's conviction or some level of just, okay, alter your mindset, your, your posture to not run from God, but to run to God and just turn to him. He's right there, Emmanuel, God with us. So you take a moment. If you could just trust me as a tour guide, and if you're willing to, you don't have to, but maybe just close your eyes between you and God. And the first question I would ask is just, where are you with Jesus? Have you come to that realization that you need to be saved? Come to that realization that you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And that when we believe in our heart that God loved us enough to send Christ to die for us, that we can be born again and have new life by saying, Jesus, take me. I believe in you. Forgive me. Lead me. Teach me. Train me. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And when that prayer between you and God happens in your own way, in your own words, it's instant that you're forgiven. It's instant that you're clean, whiter than snow. It's instant that God looks down at you and he sees you clothed in his son, the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, the spotless lamb, clothed in such a way that you're holy because of Jesus's holiness. And you have this access 
to an unlimited God that will let you come into his presence at any time, any place, anywhere, and get close. And if you're here today and you're like, oh, I just recognize that my home hasn't been in Jesus. I pray that it's a posture of the heart that moves gently and just says, Jesus, reset me, recalibrate me. And by the power of the Holy Spirit right now, I pray that God would even give you some vision and direction. He would give you a glimpse of what he has for you today as daily bread. Give you a glimpse that he's closer than the very air you're breathing. Give you a glimpse that Exodus 14, 14, that as you're still, the Lord fights for you. As you wait, he's acting. He's moving. That's what he does. Home is Jesus. Love the city is a love proven because of Jesus. You can open up your eyes if you hadn't already and if you did have your eyes open, you were staring at me with my eyes closed and that was probably an awkward interaction if I watched it in third person, but maybe you sit as a critic, maybe you sit as a skeptic, maybe you sit as somebody today just super tired and unable to figure out how or what. Regardless of how we sit, all of us sit in this place longing for not just a moment. Like today would be significant enough to know that someone could be made new, that the gospel could be proclaimed. But friends, there's an invitation of something so much more than just a moment. It's a lifetime adventure of highs, of lows, of mountaintops, of valleys, but that God has hardwired us for connection in two areas, connection with him and connection with people. We're going to be entering a season here as a community to connect with God and to connect with each other. So we're going to watch a video about connection, and then we're going to seal today with a roar of praise. As humans, we long for connection. Longing to know that we're known, seen, desired, and a part of something meaningful. What if I told you that you can be connected all the time with God and deep in community as disciples of one another? What if I told you that you were heirs to a promise given long ago? What if I told you that God not only has a plan for you, but he has had every step ordained since the beginning of time? Family, that's what we say yes to. Let's connect. Well, to give us a little bit of... Uh logistics or lay of the land, what will take place after the second service. There will be the party, and the, the reason we party is we believe that Jesus lives. So let's make that loud and clear. 
I've had to grow as a person to be present, to be in the moment, and to party. Because sometimes I don't understand, what's the point of the party? Can we go accomplish something? So I've had a, a, a journey of a, to understand that God is a God of celebration as well. And that what Jesus did on the cross is an ultimate celebration. So there will be, after the second service, there'll be haircuts, food, games for kids, three-point contest, first ever, you'll win the, uh, a new uh, trophy. There'll be music, there'll be a raffle, it'll be outside, inside, and wherever uh, you're at listening to this, watching this, if you want to come, that will take place after the 1130 service, about 1240. But you could stay, be a part of the second service, be a part of helping set up. You could come wherever you want. Um, commercial over. Here's what I want to lead us into as we close today. That this song is a song of praise. And what praise is, is it's a way of saying that God, you're over any situation. We praise you. Praise is a weapon. Praise is about a person. Praise is about King Jesus, who's going to return again. And so church, We party through praise. We deal with pain with praise. And we will praise God through the valleys and we will praise him on the mountains. And the last thing I'm going to say is on that video, and I won't tell you who, but I got a chance to pray for somebody that was in the tornado and their truck was picked up in the tornado and flipped up, and then they landed on the other side of the highway at 70 miles an hour. And they came to church, and we just got to have a moment, because obviously they're grateful that they can live to fight another day. And I thought, wow, I don't know if I would have showed up at church that quick. But yet they knew, okay, even through this moment, even through these situations, even through these storms, for some families it was tragic. Their loved ones are gone, but for that individual, they live to, with more purpose and more like intentionality for the day to day. And I thought it was just such a beautiful moment to pray through that valley, but also to thank God, but yet be praying for the families that were also grieving. So in that tension where there's valleys and there's mountains, we're praising and we're lifting up the God of gods, the King of the universe. Church, let's praise. I'm breathing, I 
sovereign. Praise cause you reign. Praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I praise cause you're faithful. Praise cause you're true. Praise cause there's nobody greater than you. I praise cause you're sovereign. Praise cause you reign. Praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I praise cause you're faithful. Praise cause you're true.
Kingston Love, who is known as the vocal hotbox in our family, and he's just got a flair that can't compare. And he's dancing to this song, and he hits a spin right on beat. And I just was like, oh, I want that kind of dance. So we're gonna go back to that bridge, and our form of dancing today might just be, we're gonna just clap for a minute, okay? That might be 10 a.m. thing, all right? And what we're gonna do, let, let every, uh, that part, the bridge part, yeah, there you go. And then Tina's gonna lead us in that. All right, come on, there we go.